Welcome to episode 24 of Roll the Credits Podcast with Aaron and Brian. Uh, in this week's episode, uh, as usual, we'll bring you guys some news. Um, Breaking Bad's back in the news again um, this week, as well as quite a few uh, Netflix little notes here. Um, we have a little more um, casting on Dune, <laughs> which I know we've been talking about quite frequently. Surprise, um, surprise. Yeah, I mean, it's a giant cast, so I mean, they definitely have a lot of people, uh, a lot of characters to fill out um so that continues this week um a few notes on some marvel actors um and some new films that they're going to be in Uh, a few new trailers to drop this week we'll have a little bit of mentions with and we'll have um reviews for cold pursuit the new liam neeson movie that's out um as well as what men want uh taraji p henson rom-com um and at the end of the pod we'll have another fantasy draft this week um it will be a best actor actress nominee fantasy draft um i'll wait to go over the rules for that before um we actually do it later on in the show um anyway brian how's your week been going pretty good pretty good you know got to out to movies twice this week uh, i feel like there was a crap ton of news and trailers that i dropped this week so i had to kind of cut down some stuff so we didn't just include everything um all right um so yeah let's uh get get right into it then um aquaman and thanos are set to join the dune cast uh not those characters specifically ah, what a shame. um jason yeah jason momoa is in talks um reportedly going to join the cast um and josh brolin has officially signed on um obviously those are the two big characters that everyone knows them from but uh two excellent additions to the cast that's already um coming together pretty pretty nicely um they keep adding some big names um, and those two will definitely draw in more viewers to to the movie once it comes out. Um, so definitely, definitely great. Um, as long as Momoa doesn't have a ton of lines, I think we'll be all right on that <laughs> front. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, um, and Brolin's been great lately. His portrayal as Thanos was spectacular. Um, and all the other things he's been in recently have, have been great. It was the summer of Brolin last was. year. So. Yeah, I'm getting stoked for all these additions to this movie. It seems to be getting better and better. We also got um the release date for this movie it came out earlier this week. Uh, it's set for November twentieth, twenty twenty. So still a year and a half away, but it's exciting. Yeah, I mean it's definitely going to take a little bit to get everything together. Um, a huge space epic like that is is certainly something that will take some time, um, and that's good. I uh, you know put all the effort in as possible and, and make the best possible movie you can. Um, moving on to a few Netflix news bits here, um, the Breaking Bad sequel movie that we've discussed a little bit in the past, um, it will debut on Netflix. Uh, it'll eventually go to AMC's um, television channel. Um, which obviously is the one that broadcasted Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul during the runs. Um, it's still kind of being written. It's not officially done yet, so it's not something that we'll see very quickly. Um, but it will, it will revolve around Aaron Paul's character, Jesse Pinkman, um, after the saga of Breaking Bad ends. Um, and it is being helmed by creator Vince Gilligan, which is excellent news. Um, I mean, obviously... If he wasn't on board with it, I don't think I'd be too too psyched about it. But um, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited. He is apparently writing it, and he will be a producer. And there are rumors that he will also direct. Um, oh, but we'll have more news on all this as as it goes forward. Obviously, like I said, it's still being written. Um, but Jesse Pinkman will be the central character, um, taking place 
post Breaking Bad and um, still unsure uh, whether we'll see like flashbacks with um, Brian Cranston playing Walter White or any of the other main characters from Breaking Bad uh, in this. But we'll definitely be bringing you more news as it comes to light for our, us because, I mean, I've talked about it at length. It's the best TV show I've ever watched. <laughs> um, and I'm super excited for this. Um, anyway, also on Netflix, um, Spike Lee coming out with a Netflix movie as Netflix really ramps up their um, movies, their original movies, I should say. Uh, Chadwick Boseman is set to join The uh, Five Bloods, Spike Lee's next uh, film. Um, it's a drama dealing with the aftermath of the Vietnam War and a group of people searching for the remains of a fellow soldier and hidden gold. Um, not a lot else is known about it, um, but I'm interested in it. And if it comes to Netflix, I'm going to watch it. So it is what it is. Yeah, it sounds interesting. So, um, I'd like to hear more about it once we get more details. All right. And Coming to America sequel gets its, uh, gets its official release date. Um, it's going to be on August 2020 for those of you that enjoyed the first one. Um, I never saw the first one. Um, I may get around to it uh, before this comes out. We'll see. Uh, Eddie Murphy is set to rejoin as the central character in the second one. Um, Chris Pratt has joined the sci-fi film Ghost Draft. Um it is about a husband and father who is drafted to fight a future war in which the fate of humanity may rely on his ability to correct issues of the past. Um, not really a whole lot else known about it. Uh, Chris McKay is said to direct, um, famous for the Lego Batman movie. Yeah, but I mean, we'll see. Uh, I'm not the biggest sci-fi buff um, out there, um, yeah. but I'm a little interested with Chris Pratt being on board. Um, I mean... We talked about it at length when we did the Chris Pratt draft last week. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how that ends up going. Yeah, uh, big Chris Pratt, Pratt fan. And, uh, I mean, with Lego Batman, at least, we're really, definitely interested for this and interested in it. All right. And more um, Marvel character news. Chris Evans officially joins Infinite, which is a sci-fi movie um, coming out. Anton Fuqua is set to direct it, um, but Chris Evans is now out of uh, The Devil All the Time, which we discussed a few weeks back, I believe, on the pod. Sebastian Stan will take his place in that. The general basis of the story, it's based off D. Eric Maycrantz's novel, The Reincarnationist Papers, um, tells the story of a group of near-immortal men and women who are reincarnated over centuries and known as the Infinite. To defeat an evil mastermind who wants to destroy the planet, the group must rely on a man who suffers from schizophrenia and will have to learn that all of his vivid dreams are actually memories from past lives in a order to defeat the villain um so i'm somewhat interested in um sad to see him out of that uh devil all the time movie uh but sebastian stan will take over for him which is ironic (laughs) i guess in hindsight yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah so um yeah i mean that's that'll be interesting so two new sci-fi films um set with two big marvel actors um we'll get a little bit here into the movie trailers that dropped um Start out with yesterday, which was kind of, I guess, the big one this week, um, which was kind of kept a secret for a while. Um, everyone kind of knew that there was um, Danny Boyle was directing a musical based movie, but we finally got the trailer for it. 
quick synopsis I'll give you is basically a guy um, wakes up, I guess, one day or something, um, and the Beatles never existed, and he has knows all the Beatles songs and stuff like that in the songbooks, and I guess gets famous over it. Um, pretty nice cast in the movie. I mean, I'll watch it. I, I, I don't really care for the Beatles. Um, I, as shocking as that can be, but, um, I'll watch it. I mean, Danny Boyle is a good director, so I'm at least somewhat interested. Yeah. And I know this is one that you were a little more interested in. Yeah. I, when the trailer came out earlier in the week, I'm it's an interesting concept. Like it showed as like, I don't know, power outage across the world. And then everyone else except this guy forgot about the Beatles and, Interesting concept, but then yeah, uh, Lily James is in it. Uh, Anna Armas is in it. The main guy um, is a newcomer, uh, Damesh Patel, I believe is his name. <laughs> Ed Sheeran is in it. Uh, Kate McKinnon is in it. It it looks like it's. I think it looks very interesting. It comes out end of June. Um, I'm excited for it, and I know you're not the biggest. Aside from a few select musicals, you're not the biggest musical fan. But this, I think, looks like it could be really good. So I'm definitely excited. Yep, you got that right. Uh, <laughs> another trailer we got this week was for a movie called Ma from Blumhouse uh, Pictures. Um, this one looks kind of interesting if you're into horror. Um, it stars Octavia Spencer, who's been a very prominent actress in recent years. Um, a few nominations and stuff here and there for some roles. So this is kind of an interesting role for her to take on. Um, but essentially what I gather from it, uh, you'll have to really check out the trailer because I what I'm going to say probably doesn't do it justice, <laughs> but... What I gather from it is that um, these kids ask her to buy alcohol for them as they go to party. She invites them over to her house. Um, a lot of weird horror-based stuff happens, uh, <laughs> and she's not a good person, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, and she's hosting all these parties with tons and tons of people, uh, and evil things happen. Uh, yeah. I, I'm interested in it based on Blumhouse being involved and octavia spencer so um i'll definitely check it out definitely if you're into horror movies go check out the trailer for this because i thought it looked really interesting um from what i could at least yeah. you know render i mean it, it kind of looks interesting i mean it doesn't seem like at least from the trailers any like kind of those like jump kind of real spooky scares which i know sounds lame but those are the kind of movies the horror movies that i stay away from you know uh, demented children or stuff coming up from behind you and grabbing you and whatnot this just looks like a crazy old old lady who, you know, is just demented and evil or whatever, tormenting these people. But I don't know. So it kind of caught my interest. We'll see as we get closer whether I decide if I want to see it or not. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and the final big one, at least that I saw this week, was uh, for a movie called Long Shot, which is the new Seth Rogen film coming out um, starring Rogen and Charlize Theron. Um, the basis behind this was, um, Charlize Theron plays the secretary of state who has a potential presidential run. Um, and Seth Rogen is a journalist who also happened to be, um, well, Charlize Theron was his babysitter when he was a kid and they kind of reunite. Um, and I guess he does like, he's doing like journalism pieces and stuff, uh, and, and writing speeches for, I guess on the trail. And there'll probably be some romantic stuff. It's I mean, it's kind of, it feels like the basis of a typical Seth Rogen movie, um, at least a lot of them. 
and, and like Seth Rogen, Jude Apatow, um, that kind of lineage, um, which is fine. I mean, I enjoy <laughs> their, they feel a lot of the same a lot of the times, but I do enjoy them. Um, I am a, a pretty big Seth Rogen fan. I like a lot of the things he does. Um, and Charlize Theron's great. Um, so I, I'm definitely interested in this. Yeah, it, it did look interesting, look funny, you know, classic Seth Rogen stuff, like you said. Um, looks to see be kind of a rom-com with Seth Rogen's twist onto it. Yeah, no, Connor Ryan comes out. I believe it's in the beginning of May that it comes out. So uh, we'll most likely go see it. Yeah. Well, definitely, probably, so. Definitely interested in it. Uh, Brian, do you got any news for everybody? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll continue on the trailer thing. There was a few other trailers that I just wanted to mention that had come out this week. The first one, uh, they're making a, there's a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels coming out. You know, that movie from the 80s with Michael Caine and uh, Martin, Steve Martin, sorry. Um, it's with Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. And as much as I love Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and, you know, I'm a big um, Anne Hathaway fan, <laughs> this movie doesn't really look that great. Um I'll probably end up still going to see it, but it just Rebel Wilson is most most of the time not that great of an actress and has some kind of and she just plays really... the same roles over and over again. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, it's it's tiresome. Yeah, so I'll probably still go seeing this, still go see it, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, go out check check the trailer out. Um, you know, Anne Hathaway seems like she'll be the highlight of it, which makes sense. But yeah, so there's that. Um, the beginning of the week, we got a new like one minute trailer for the upcoming Aladdin movie, Disney's live action Aladdin. Um, not too much new stuff around it. I mean, you know, they showed the new like, what each of the characters look like, but then at the end of it, we got our first look of what Will Smith's genie looks like. And this movie not... looks like it's going to be awful. <laughs> like, I'm it's just not pu- good putting it into like, the universe now that it just does not look like it's going to be good. Like I'm definitely going to go see this movie because Aladdin that was one of my favorite Disney movies as a kid. And it's where I really hope that this live action one is good, but the CGI for his genie, which genies, you know, like when the biggest parts of the movie, he just, it just looks bad. I mean, and it was so funny to see the internet just went wild with it. And all of so many memes came from it. It was great. But yeah, I mean, check that out. It was only a minute long. That schedule, I think it's Memorial Day weekend that's coming out. And a funny thing of this is that, uh, so also this week, the Frozen 2 trailer dropped. Um, that comes out in November this year. I was um, reading some, uh, some people were saying that it was kind of like, it wasn't, this trailer wasn't supposed to come out until the next month. They were planning and you know scheduling stuff but then after the backlash from the aladdin trailer it was like press this button in case of emergency and they like drop the frozen 2 trailer yeah i mean if you like frozen the first one is a good disney movie um this one seems to have i mean it's disney so it's not a dark tone but it has a darker tone to it um and they seem to they they're gonna leave I forget what the land is that they live in but they're going on some journey to find something i don't know but uh, I'll probably end up seeing this in, I think it's November it comes out. Yeah, Disney is just, I'm reminded, someone I saw this week that Disney's going to have probably five or six billion dollar movies this year. I mean, they have uh, Captain Marvel that comes out next month. Uh, Avengers Endgame comes out in April, which will easily be a billion dollar movie. Uh, Toy Story 4 uh, comes out in June, will probably be an easy billion dollar movie. Um 
like I said, Frozen 2, that will most likely be a billion-dollar movie. Uh, Star Wars uh, Episode Nine comes out in December, which, you know, is owned by Disney. So it's just, it's going to be insane. And, oh, I forgot probably the biggest one, the live-action Lion King that comes out this summer. That'll be an easy billion dollars. So, you know, Disney's just, they're just going to, you know, take over the world someday with all their, they're going to take everyone's money, make all these movies, and then just, you know, buy the world. It's just, it's inevitable, honestly. Just a few more little things. The uh, good news is that uh, Jared Leto's Joker movie has officially been canceled. I don't know why the DCEU was thinking of, and they're thinking of making this movie, because Jared Leto was not, I mean, it's very controversial, you know, some people loved him, but I I think more people than not think he did not really do a good job as a Joker, uh, so it's I, made me smile to see that this movie got cancelled. Uh, there's a movie, uh, sorry, not movie, a TV show coming out in May that's on Amazon, that's called Good Omens. It's around a story of uh, an angel and a, de- a demon uh, that come together to end the apocalypse. Uh, it's David Tennant uh, plays uh, the demon. I forget, uh, his name is Crowley, and um, Michael Sheen is uh, the angel. I forget what his name is. But also in this, uh, Francis McDormand is in it. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in it. It's on. It's going to be on Amazon Prime. So you know, if you have it, it's be free to watch for anybody, and you'll be able to watch it all right away. Looks interesting. Uh, sounds like pretty, pretty good. That'll be in May, I believe. And last little bit with some Hulu, Disney, Marvel news. You know, they're all connected. They um, we got our first um with this. Their Hulu is open to reviving um, the Marvel Netflix shows. They talked a lot about Luke Cage and Daredevil in it because uh, in a few months, once the Fox Disney merger goes through, <laughs> Disney will own sixty percent of Hulu. So they could just kind of do whatever they want with Hulu and make whatever shows they want to make and put them on there. Um, but I, I'm, I pray that Daredevil comes back because that was wrongfully canceled and it was such a fantastic show. I know there's thousands and thousands of fans, um, thousands of people that would love to see the show come back. Uh, so I hope that Hulu does at least with that revive that. And with Hulu and Disney, they inked a deal this year that's similar to um, the Marvel, the Netflix deal they had, that they'll be creating uh, four animated Marvel shows for Hulu uh, that'll be aimed, targeted for adults. Um, The one show is going to be surrounding the character Howard the Duck, um, which, you know, was a big character back in the 80s. They had that little cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Looks weird, but it's going to be uh, written by Kevin Smith, the big guy, and uh, surrounded by that. The other show uh, one will be hit, written by Chelsea Handler, uh, you know, the uh, the host on the Netflix Chelsea Handler show, whatever it's called. Uh, the show is called Marvel's Tigre and Dazzler. They're uh, progressive superheroes with superpowered heads, heart, and hands, as it's called around in the city of L.A. Um, another one will be Modoc, which... I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, uh, but that'll be written by Patton Oswalt, uh, you know, and another guy. But he's Patton Oswalt's a very funny guy. Modoc is uh, basically a giant head in a robot body. Uh, is I don't know. These are all kind of really weird sh- shows they're putting together. The last one is called uh, Hit Monkey, which is about a 
monkey that's a hitman in Tokyo's crime underworld. I don't know. These all seem really weird, but they then after they each get their own, you know, their season or two, they will accumulate into a show called Marvel's The Offenders, uh, kind of mimicking, I don't know, if purposely to be mocking the Defenders that they had on Netflix. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have Hulu, so I'll probably check each of these out once they come out, probably maybe end of this year, beginning of next year. But um. Yeah, it was interesting news that I felt like I wanted to add into this. So um, that'll be the end of my news for this week. Like I said, there was a lot of stuff, but yeah. All right. Uh, Two more things I actually completely forgot about until uh, just recently that I wanted to speak (laughs) about. Um, We got a new like one minute trailer or so for Detective Pikachu, (laughs) a little teaser, um, which we see a very fleshy lick it tongue. Um, which is exactly there's a a lot of people are it's split online uh how they feel about these fleshy pokemon but in reality like that's what they'd look like if they were live action so like i mean it, it works uh they are weird looking but i mean that's, that's what they are i mean that's what happens that's what happens when you put an animated thing in a character into the real world um but it, 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 I know I saw a lot of people like trying to make it into a meme or whatever, um, with its giant tongue sticking out. But, um, definitely got me a little more interested in the movie. I'm still a little very more excited. interested. You're we, thrilled for this movie. You're gonna be in love with it. I am, and I'm a little more <laughs> thrilled for it. Uh, um, as a Pokemon fan for most of my life, uh, I'm I'm pumped. Uh, we get some more lines from Ryan Reynolds, which I think is. <sighs> The only worry I have is that no video game movie has ever gone above a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has, this has potential. It also has not potential <laughs> based on um, how they end up doing it. All my sense in this is the exact same since I had going into Tomb Raider last year, <laughs> um, where I kind of figured people would rate it bad. But um, nah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm still super thrilled for it. And I, I mean, I've loved what I've, I guess, heard or scene of Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu um, voicing that character looks like it's going to be super entertaining. Yeah. Um, And kind of what I always (laughs) kind of thought, you know, if Pokemon were real and like a Pokemon could talk, like in a sense, that's kind of how I always kind of pictured how Pikachu would end up being. But um, Hmm. so, yeah, it's interesting. I'm super excited for that. Um, And as you were speaking about Hulu, um, they just officially got um, from Leo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese. Um, I guess it's going to be a TV. I would guess it would be a TV miniseries um, based on the devil in the white city, um, a book by Eric Larson um, detailing uh, the Chicago world's fair and the HH Holmes murders um, way, way back early mm-hmm. 1900s, late 1800s. Um, their production companies are signed on to be, uh, they're producing it. Um, there was been a lot of talk about this going as far back, I think as like 2004, 2005 about this becoming a movie. It's gone through several different things. Um, Leo's production company, I believe bought the rights to it several years ago. And there was talks that he would end up playing AJ Tomes in the eventual movie. But he's got ten thousand other things on his Just slate if you look on the IMDb page. So, um, I mean, no real room for that. It looks 
like I said, I would assume it will end up being a TV miniseries as opposed to a TV show because there is a limited base on how um, what there is. Um, I did actually just finish reading this book like two weeks oh, ago, so it was great news to hear. Um, and I really enjoyed the book overall. Um, I know this isn't a book podcast, but <laughs> just throwing that out there. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening with this down the road, but I believe it's coming out either later this year or 2020. It'll debut on hulu um and i'll be getting hulu because their price is going down so it's great tidying for everything um but yeah i'm definitely excited to see that when it comes out anyway that's all the news we got for you guys this week um let's move on to why everyone's here um we got <laughs> reviews this week uh for cold pursuit and what men want and i'm gonna pass it over to brian here to get us started with his cold pursuit review all right cold pursuit um i didn't know what to think going into this because <laughs> I, when I first saw the trailer for the movie, I was like, oh, you know, it's a Liam Neeson action movie. Probably won't be uh, good at all, but, you know, it'll be action packed like it's typical. Like yeah, it'll typical. be your typical, yeah. you know, the commuter and all that. Yeah, other whatever. Like... Typical Liam Neeson movie. And then reviews started coming out for it, and they're actually like, they were decent reviews. Like it had, it's down to like a 70 something percent in Rotten Tomatoes, but it had started at like a low 90s which just had me shocked. So going into this movie, I had no idea what to expect. This movie, Cold Pursuit, was, in what I can think of in recent memory, one of the most ridiculous movies I have ever watched. Like, many times throughout this movie, I like leaned over to Aaron and I was like, what are we even watching? What is going on? But it was so, like, it was it was entertaining and it was enjoyable. Like it really isn't a good movie. I don't think, I mean, it's this, the script is odd and I mean, it's not bad, but it's just kind of weird and stuff. The acting isn't great, but it's also kind of, it's stupid, enjoyable. I, I, I settled on giving it a 65. I was bouncing between a 65 and a 70, but then kind of like a 70 is where it's like, Oh, I'll probably end up buying this movie. And I don't think this is a money that I mean, this is a money. This is a movie that I will be buying at some point down the line. Um, it's very enjoyable if you're not looking for like a high quality movie. I mean, it's just pure ridiculousness the whole way through. I mean, and it, it starts literally within five minutes into the movie and just as it's being told and you're just like, what, what am I watching? But um, yeah, I, don't yeah you can go see this theaters i'm not gonna say don't see in theaters i recommend you can go go see it um pass it over to you because i know you did enjoy this movie more than i did so there you go all right yeah i've i've been waiting to talk about this all week um i loved it uh, i gave it an 80 um the combo score came to 70.7 which is probably one of the biggest discrepancies we've had since we started doing yeah. these um almost a 10 point difference um, I, it's got great witty, dark, uh, humor mixed with the kind of traditional Liam Neeson characters. Um, but toned down a little bit. He's not, you know, you see him in these movies like the commuter and all this stuff and taken and all this stuff. And he's, you know, a badass who knows how to do stuff. And in this, it's not really, I don't count this as a spoiler, but he, um, he basically like learns how to like kill and dispose of a body. Yeah, that's in the trailer. Via reading a novel. Like he yeah, he doesn't uh 
it's not a traditional like this guy what he does for a living is he's a badass and he kills people he is a no, he's a snowplow driver <laughs> but uh it, the, the kill scenes and stuff like that are fun the action to it is fun um and they kind of draw it out with um some comedy and stuff like that and even the the comedy parts are a little dark in a sense um the villain in it is is hilarious um and and it plays off really well going kind of against um liam neeson's character but they never really up, up until the end really come across each other um in the lead up it kind of the best way i could describe the humor from the movie is it kind of felt like um what's that uh grand budapest hotel where things can kind of be like drawn out a little bit for more comedic effect um like the there's a scene where they're lifting up a dead body on a gurney and like it's like a two minute process of like getting the thing pumped up to uh level height so that they could see the the body and it's just it's fun little things like that that were great um in a sense this is a remake the same director did the same kind of movie but apparently a little different of um for in Norway, I believe, um, with Stellan Skarsgård playing the lead. Um, but And it's also great scenery in the movie. I mean, they're in the middle of a valley, essentially, in the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. That's true. Um, making frequent 300-mile trips to frequent. Um, uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, so, I mean, it, it, there is, when I say there's a lot of snow, there's a lot of snow. And it plays really well, I think, into the story of how... Um, how kind of everything is, is working around each other. Um, I don't, I know I gave it an 80. I don't feel like it's necessarily something you need to go to the theater to see. I think it plays a lot better maybe, um, in terms of, you know, rented on Redbox. again, not saying you shouldn't go see it in theaters, but I don't feel like you necessarily have to, but it's a good, um, you know, Redbox, Amazon prime, um, rental, uh, sit down, you know, with your significant other or friends or something like that. It's a really good popcorn movie that's going to be on, you know, TNT and stuff for years oh, to come. For sure. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, it's just the way that everything kind of mixed together in that movie. Like you said, it uh, it's just you don't really know exactly what you're you're watching. There's this random part where they're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time for football between Elway and Manning. And I mean, it's just, I don't know. The whole thing's kind of ridiculous as a whole, but I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So that, that's my uh, review for Colbert. I, I have uh, one more thing to add that I remembered. Go for the, it. There's not to try and spoil anything. There's um, a kidnapping scene that, when it happens, like the kid really just kind of asks like one question, and then he's, and the guy gives a kind of, you know, typical kidnapper answer, and it's just like mm, okay, and the kid goes along with him, and yeah, then and it's like he's a really <laughs> smart kid too. Like that's the he part is. that's really funny to me is that he's a smart kid that just kind of doesn't care that this random guy just is kidnapping him. him, and then like, but like and the kid knows he's being kidnapped too because then he's like. Because when he gets back to uh, the place and he he tells him about his job, he's like, "Oh, kidnapping's not your normal job." And <laughs> and the kid just like, oh, "You you know what Stockholm syndrome is?" Like, uh, and the kid, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. I think it's kind of I don't know, placed too lightly on the idea of kidnapping. Um, but 
I don't know. It, the, I, that's the only word I can use to describe this movie. It's just ridiculous. Through and through, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a bit of a wild one. Um, and, and and that's what I liked about it. I mean, it was so far different from what I expected going into this yeah. movie. And even when we talked about it a long time ago, when this really got announced and stuff, like, oh boy, here's a Liam Neeson movie where he's, <laughs> now he's a snowplow driver that's going to shoot people. Um, <laughs> and it's just so vastly different from that. And the villain of uh, this drug kingpin who is this super healthy, like think Rob Lowe's character from Parks and Rec, sort of like that in a sense of like, you know, he the wants his kid to like eat the same, eat the same meal every day, like three meals a day and stuff like that. It, it's really ridiculous. And they, they make the villain hateable and, and I don't know. It's, it's a fun movie. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm definitely buying it uh, when it comes out. Um, because I, this is a movie I could see myself watching not frequently, but like if I'm bored and I, I definitely want to just check something out for fun. Um, but yeah, that's cold pursuit for us. Um, move on here. Uh, I'll get us started here for what men want. Um, this is vastly different than cold pursuit. I give this a 55. Um, our combo score came to a 53.8, making it the third lowest rated movie, um, combined that we've seen this year. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. It's your typical heavily cliched rom-com that kind of mixes, um, has kind of a, I guess, Jerry Maguire feel. And since, I mean, she's a sports agent and stuff, um, but, um, and it provides kind of a few good laughs here and there, a few good chuckles. Um, but ultimately it just, it wasn't anything special. It didn't knock me off my feet at all. Um, and it's something I'll probably forget that I've watched like three weeks from now, honestly. Um, Taraji P Henson and Josh Brenner played off each other. Well, Josh Brenner plays her assistant. Um, that was really probably the highlight of the movie. Honestly, um, was when they were kind of t- together, um, and I, other than that, I mean, there's just not a whole lot else I can say. I don't really recommend seeing it. Definitely don't recommend seeing it in the theaters. You know, if you're interested in it, maybe go and check it out when it comes out on Redbox or um, Prime Rental or something like that. But otherwise, it, it's largely just a forgettable movie to me. Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. Uh, I gave it a, a 60 then. Um, like you said, a lot of typical cliche rom-com stuff throughout it. You know, the... Girls having a hard time, comes upon these great things, life is going up for her, and then bad things happen, and then she realizes her mistakes and everything turns out all happy in the end and stuff. It's there are definitely it has some uh funny funny moments, um and some funny lines uh, throughout it. But uh if it Taraj B. Henson does a really good job too compared to the rest of the cast, I would guess. And she's she's probably why I had that like a sixty compared to into the fifties, um, similar like you did. But um, yeah, I I do like that it was at least about sports agency, and you know there was sports involved into it because that you know helped hold my attention some and uh, made it more interesting. I, I would just wish there was more baseball talk rather than it being primarily basketball talk. But um, yeah, it's. You don't need to go see this in the theaters. Uh, maybe go rent it at some point um, if this if you're into these kind of cliche rom com movies. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. It, I don't know what else to say. It's, it's a like, sixty. <laughs> it, what's crazy to me is that you gave this movie 
you scored it one notch down below Cold Pursuit. <laughs> uh, like that's what's thing. crazy to me because these movies could not be more different in terms of an enjoyment factor. Uh, which is that's your opinion. I, I let you have it. Um, it just feels crazy to me because I, I have a 25 yeah. point difference here. Of... Well, back to the, like the cold pursuit, like it, I don't think it was a very good movie, but it was really enjoyable, which brought it up to us. Like it probably, if it wasn't that enjoyable of a movie, it would have been like a, a 50 or something just because it really wasn't a good script or good acting at all. But to have, because it was so ridiculous, it was enjoyable. This one had a, I think at least a little bit better of a script and Charles B. Henson did a, did a good job, but it still wasn't a very good movie. It was just meh. It's a 60. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll agree to disagree on that because I think one of the big things that makes cold pursuit as good as it is in terms of that dark comedy is the script. Um, and why yeah. I thought that was, that was good. Uh, Cause I mean, you don't have that without the writing. Um, whereas what True. men want was basically like, let me jot down all the cliches and write them into a thing. I, I do like that. Your big takeaway was more baseball, less basketball. Uh, <laughs> that really, I guess should sum up how we really feel about uh, what men want as a movie. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's largely forgettable in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's, that's fair. And I mean, I don't know if we've said this before, but like you have a scale that has specific like definitions for what each rating is that how you give stuff and you base it off of, that scale that yeah you i mean it's a tremendous scale i mean it, it really helps me fit things in i mean it really does and, it, and how i feel kinda... watching a movie and realizing you know finding yeah, well, where okay. it is and that's where it goes i mean that's just the way it is yeah i like to be organized kind of... i'm very there you go weirdly I mean, organized like that um yeah mine's more to off of like how i you know thought about it and thinking about i don't try to compare it too much to other movies i just think about like like until i'm in the ranking system on like where it ranks some movies for the year i don't really compare it against other movies and just think of how the movie was on its own and it's just what i think of how the movie is not based on what your your scale is which you yeah it's a tremendous scale for you but i mean uh, well the scale helps in the sense that i mean it is what i feel about the movie it's not you know i'm not going on to um you know, IMDb and looking at the meta score and being like, Oh, everyone thought this movie was shit. Like, I don't like this movie. Um, it really is like, Oh, I came out of this movie. It was really, really enjoyable. Um, or if it's between two, it'll get like, you know, an 85 or a 75 or something. Um, which is kind of what happened with what men want. Um, yeah, I mean, it just, it helps in the grand scheme of things. Cause then I don't have to think about it going against another movie. I don't have to look at it in the grand scheme of, us putting together something and me thinking, Oh, well, I don't know if cold pursuit was, you know, as cold pursuit, probably better than fire um, or so-and-so or what men want. Did I think it was better than polar or something like that? Um, in the grand scheme of things, it just kind of helps that way. Um, but enough about that, but uh, enough about how, how we rate these movies. Um, check out cold pursuit. Don't necessarily check out what men want. I think <laughs> is, is our, yeah. our, basically yeah final final go of um so let's let's get into the fantasy draft to end the show today uh we talked about it a little bit at the top of the the pod um a best actor actress nominee fantasy draft um the essential rules for it we'll have eight picks total because we have a huge pool to to select with um or two options 
The one we did not go with was we were just going to do winners for these categories throughout the entire history of the Oscars dating back to 1927. Um, But realizing that that might be a little harder, um, we ended up doing a nominee version of that, but only dating back to 2000. So within this century, from 2000 to this year's nominees, um, for both categories of lead actor and lead actress, um, only no supporting um, for either one. And the draft is essentially character performance driven, not actor itself. So I, I, you know, you can't pick an act, you can't pick Daniel day Lewis and get all of his, uh, nominations, uh, like <laughs> oh, that. Darn. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way it's going. Um, Brian and I flipped a coin beforehand and tails won again. So Brian's yeah. going to get us started, um, with, our draft and you are now on the clock brian there's a clock oh geez um so this is basically you know if we're doing this this is what i'm saying is the greatest active performance i've ever seen so oh um i guess i'll start probably uh I, you're gonna hate that i'm stealing this but uh leo dicaprio and the revenant um he does fantastic superb job as uh hugh glass in the movie i mean it only took him to his what fourth or fifth nomination to actually win but this is definitely one he deserved to win for um one of obviously one of the greatest acting performances i've seen in a movie and it goes along with a amazing movie um if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it but um yep that's my number one pick there you dirty son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> that was number one on my big board. Um, all right. So I'll go to number two then. Uh, Leo DiCaprio, Jordan Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, 2013. I'm not so really nice. going to say much about it because I, I have picked this movie for what feels like a dozen lists so far. Um, but tremendous. Did not win, unfortunately. Um, but it is what it is. Um, and then my the number three overall pick. I will take Leo DiCaprio as Danny Archer oh, in Blood Diamond. Um, How many Leo DiCaprios do you have on this list? Uh, I have all four, uh, and I have them one, two, three, and four on my big board. Um, That's no surprise. Yeah. Um, well, t- guess what? I was aiming to take all four of them, but somebody <laughs> stole one right off the bat. Um, well. But it is what it is. Um, really good, solid overall movie um, starring Leo um check it out it's a bit of an older one 2006 was the nomination um one he got nominated for but still not necessarily one of his more prominent roles that a lot of people know um i feel uh so go check it out if you haven't seen it yet Uh, i highly recommend it all right well uh so i guess for my first pick i had the what i think is one of the greatest male performances i've ever seen i'll flip over to one of the greatest female performances i've ever seen um and that would be uh, Francis McDormand and three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, this movie was just a year or two ago, uh, and she had one for this role. Um, like I said, there's a lot of uh, emotion, uh, emotion and powerful stuff uh, in this movie and in her role. And I think she just does a superb job. And that's my number two pick there. Um, then uh, my number three pick here kind of going back and forth with stuff but then um gary oldman in uh the darkest hour uh he played winston, winston churchill um the movie as a whole was a good movie but not like a great movie but uh he did 
a superb, fantastic job uh, as Winston Churchill. Uh, I believe he did win uh, for this role then. Um, and the, the makeup and prosthetics he underwent to look uh, like Winston Churchill was insane. Um, you couldn't even tell that it was Gary Oldman. Um, but yeah, he did a great job in this. So that's my number three there. All right. Uh, the number six overall pick in the draft, I will take Leo DiCaprio as uh, playing Howard Hughes in The Aviator, 2004. Another great movie, a biopic on a very eccentric person. Um, and another of the lesser-known Leo movies. Uh, everyone, you know, knows, you know, Revenant and uh, the more recent ones, I'd say. Um, but this was one of his bigger um, performances, I think. Um, did not win uh, because the Academy continued to screw him up until The Revenant. Um, but uh, The Aviator 2004 will be my third uh, third pick for my team. Um, and next I'm going to take Emma Stone, uh, her performance as Mia Dolan in La La Land. Mm. Um, got to get the women on the board here. Uh, now that the Leo picks are done and this was <laughs> the number one I had for that. Um, tremendous movie. Love the movie. Um, so no, no brainer in my opinion. And I pass it back over to you for the eighth overall pick. There we go. Uh, and the eighth overall pick. Um, I, I'm going to have to go with um, Jennifer Lawrence in Silver Linings Playbook. Um, she, this was uh, the first one she was nominated for, or first one she had won for. I think she had been nominated once or twice previously. Um, but the movie with that uh, was, I think, her first partnership with Bradley Cooper uh, in the movies. And they do a great job working off each other. And I think she just, um, she's does a fantastic job acting it's a really good movie if you haven't seen it um but yeah uh j-law in silver lines playbook and then to continue um on the female side um brie larson in room uh this was a lesser known movie it was nominated for best picture and best actors and a few other things i think it was 2015 um but it's i mean she's um she was taken and she's been held captive in this room for like six five six seven years i forget how long it is but it's uh she does a great job she plays uh the main main part of the movie is with her son uh, uh, jacob tremblay plays her son in the movie he does a really good job but um the mother trying to comfort the son as they are being held captive um it's a very good movie if you haven't seen it um but yeah, there's that. All right. The 10th overall pick, I'm taking Margot Robbie um, for her performance as Tanya Harding in I, Tanya. A really good movie that we saw, I think, last year. Um, but a fantastic performance by her um, in the biopic kind of weird kind of movie. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot to say about it. Um, I believe we nominated her in our awards um for best actress um and she was also nominated last year for the performance um and the 11th overall pick uh this one's going back a little bit um well i guess not really all that, all that bit um but uh rosamund pike playing her role as amy elliott dunn in gone girl as the batshit crazy wife of 
Ben Affleck in the movie, um, which I didn't see the movie until recently. I think last year was when I first finally saw it. Um, it was a movie that continuously escaped me. Uh, but her performance in that was incredible. She unfortunately did not win for the performance. Um, if you haven't seen Gone Girl and you love mysteries, um, I, I extremely, uh, extremely think that you should watch it. Um, but yeah, that's what I'll take there. Um, so we'll go with three in a row for the women on here. And I will pass it back over to you for picks 12 and 13. All right. Um, first one is that you had mentioned at the beginning of this practice. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis and his role as Abraham, Abraham Lincoln in the movie Lincoln. Um, similar thing to, I think, with The Darkest Hour, where the movie is a good movie. It's a long movie, but it's he does a superb job uh, playing our 16th president. And it's, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, he's been nominated a bunch of times, has won a few times. Um, I believe he did win for this one. Um, but yeah, definitely a very good movie. Um if if you're into those uh, historical dramas, I'd recommend seeing it. Um, and then for my seventh seventh pick, the uh, was it thirteenth, twelfth overall, thirteenth, thirteenth, thirteenth overall, thirteenth um, overall. Um, sorry, I lost track. Of right, no worry, I'm um, keeping track of these. <laughs> uh, see, this is where it gets hard to narrow it down then, because I had a bunch to pick. Um. We'll say this is a, a lesser known one that he didn't win for, but um, James Franco in 127 Hours. Uh, this movie, I think, came out in the late 2000s, I believe. Um, he, as you all know the story, you know, he's stuck. Uh, he's out on a hike in the canyons. He gets stuck and his arm is pinned against, oh, it's pinned between a, a rock wall and the boulder. Um, and in order to survive and, and get out of there, he cuts his own arm off um it's not a spoiler it's been out for 10 years and it's based off a true story too um but yeah i if you haven't seen it i think i mean it's a lot of movie it's about is focused on james franco because he's stuck there and it still takes place over the course of as you would guess 127 hours um but yeah well great great role by him and uh very good job so all right. Um, I will wrap this up here for my selections. Um, 14 and 15 overall. 14th overall. I like your pick of Daniel Day Lewis. Um, but I'm gonna top it. Um, I'll take okay. Daniel Day Lewis. His performance as Daniel Plainview in There Will Be Blood, which at this point in the draft is is a steal. I mean, this is the Tom Brady of the draft here. Um just an elite performance from him. I think it was better than Lincoln. I think it was better than his performance in gangs of New York. Um, I did not see phantom thread, but I'm sure it was better than that. Um, <laughs> just in terms of a villainous character. I mean, it was, it's incredible. And it really drives that movie. Um, a, a really good watch. I highly recommend it for anybody who hasn't seen it. I think that's a movie that probably plays on TNT or something relatively frequently. Uh, but I could be wrong on that. Um, but definitely go check that out. Um, and number 15, ah, this one's, this one's a tough one. Uh, looking at my big board, I'm going to go ahead and even this out. I believe, um, four and four piece for men and women. I'll take Rooney Mara as Elizabeth Salander in girl with a dragon tattoo, hmm. um, which great performance. And 
extremely highlighted by the fact that I did not like the the new movie <laughs> with um, Claire Foy this past year, which really kind of, I guess, propped up Rooney's Rooney's performance um, in that same character's role. Um, also boosted with David Fincher on board as the director, who's a fantastic director. Um, so I'll take Rooney Mara there um, for my final pick. So, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but I've heard you and other people talk about uh, to, of those girl in the Spider's Web or Dragon Tattoo series movies uh, that this was the better ones. And then she does a really good job in it. So that's you got a good list there. And it's uh, pretty good. I don't know if it's better than my list, but it's pretty good. Um, my last, I guess, the 16th overall pick, as you like to say in the draft world, it's the Mr. Mr. Relevant. In this case, uh, Mrs. Irrelevant. Um, I'll go with the the actress that's nominated this year, uh, Lady Gaga in A Star Is Born. I mean, it was it's hard for me to narrow this down to because I still had none of mine on my list. Uh, did you take? So I it was hard <laughs> to narrow it down to this last one because I thought you would at least cancel out some of them, but you didn't. Um. But, I mean, we've talked about it numerous times, so I won't say too much. But, I mean, Star is Born's a great movie, and she does a fantastic job, and there's so much emotion and power, and it's it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to go see it. And uh, going off of that, look forward to this coming Sunday as uh, the Oscars, and she'll be uh, performing the Shallow Song. Uh, so we'll get to get in one other uh, first glimpse of that. Uh, so that'll be great. Um, so, yeah, that'll round up my team there it's a pretty solid uh last pick there i will say um didn't uh i think you ended up picking like four or so that i might have had on my list um the caprio uh gary oldman daniel day lewis and lincoln and lady gaga i believe was also on there um yeah otherwise i think it was good um it was a tough one for the last one. I was battling really between Rooney Mara, Joaquin Phoenix, and for Johnny Cash, and Chiwetel Ejiofor for Solomon Northup in um, Twelve Years a Slave. So it was a tough one to pick from. Um, ultimately, though, uh, that was a little bit of fun. We'll be back next week, probably with a similar style thing um, for the Oscars with. The Oscars next next Sunday. Um, you'll likely hear that episode after the Oscars. So unfortunately, we won't. We'll get around to it the week after that, talking about it. Um, we'll have our official Razzie prediction um, winners and see who wins that. On uh, next week's episode, we are likely getting around to Alita Battle Angel and um, Fighting With My Family, which I apologize, folks. It got bumped back a week, and I did not realize that. Um, so that's why I know I said last week that I would definitely have that this week. But unfortunately... I'm not a uh, mega star in the movie journalism world and I don't get screeners. So um, I didn't see it. Uh, So we'll definitely have that next week, assuming it for some reason doesn't get bumped again. Um, We'll have those two, uh, another list of our fantasy draft next week. um, And then the Razzie prediction, see who ended up winning that. Um, I do have track of that somewhere uh, around here in my folder. Um, Otherwise, another great week. Um, that was a little bit of fun leading into the Oscars here. Other news, uh, just to end the show, I completely forgot about this. 
the be the big um, controversy surrounding the Oscars. Well, oh, the yes, new one um, the was new one. that cinematography and I believe three other awards were bumped to um, commercials. Yeah. Um, they would be awarded then. But a lot of fight and rage from big time people in Hollywood. I know Karan was a big one. Um, uh, GDT was a big one behind it, um, fighting to get those on. My view is they should all be on there. You cut the opening monologue that saves you 25 dumb minutes. Um, People that are like, the thing is people are watching the Oscars because they're A, either into movies and they want to see these things celebrated like us or B, which is also like me. They just really like to watch award shows for some reason. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll watch random award shows if they're on TV a lot of the time. Just, I don't know why. Um, I like to watch rich people get celebrated while I sit here and um, yeah. watch it on my TV. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of just the way it is. Like, yeah, I don't want it to run yeah. super long, but um yeah there's things like cinematography has to be in there like that is such a mega part of making a movie um so it's nice to see that they reversed course on that um so it's been a rough go of it for the oscars the academy um over the last couple months without having host and a bunch of other things going on now um but it's nice to see that they kind of got that fixed um and We'll see. Uh, I'm excited for it. Obviously, you know, I'm going to freaking go crazy when uh, Gaga and, and probably, I assume Bradley Cooper will be doing it, um, do Shallow. Um, and and just to see what ends up happening uh, with the rest of the show. Um, and, and also, like, I can gamble on it. And that, that adds so much there more to it for me. Um, so, yeah. Uh, very excited for that next week. Um, we'll have our two yeah. reviews. Yeah, it was like you had said. I mean, it was ridiculous that they had cut those out. With the four were cinematography, film editing, uh, hair and makeup, and, and live action short. At least with cinematography, film editing, those are two huge parts of what makes these great movies great movies. And that's where a lot of backlash was from. Um, so, I don't know. This is what the fourth or fifth big issue that they've had uh, through this Oscar process. You know, they started last year with the most popular category that then was nixed a month later and oh then, yeah i uh, even like there's been so many controversies surrounding it that i forgot <laughs> that that was even a thing like yeah the most popular category the kevin hart fiasco the uh like two or three weeks ago they said that they were only gonna show uh two of the songs perform two of the songs on nine for a best song and that was mostly reversed i think three or four of the five that are nominated would now be being performed and now this one so i'm really nervous for these oscars that they're not going to be great but i mean i'm here for it i don't know i'm 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 here for the not having a host thing and kind of running the show as it goes along i don't need long skits and monologues like yeah i mean a little bit of entertainment's nice and that's where you get like the songs you know a little bit of levity there um and maybe a few skits here and there or like even like pre-tape things they run um but yeah, I mean, I don't need long opening monologues and stuff like that. Like, it's just if I want to watch a promo, I'll turn on WWE every week. Like, I don't need that in watching the Oscars. Like, just give me three hours, a little bit of entertainment here and there. Give me, you know, the songs. Give me the winners. That's all I need. Um, I don't want to be up until midnight, uh, but I do want to see, you know, uh, I want to see 
freaking cinematography. I want to see people win awards for, especially the lesser known people, like um, in terms of like cinematography and film editing and stuff. Like, I want to see more people celebrated than just the actors and actresses. That's like, true. Um, yeah, I mean that's just that's kind of my thought on it. Um, so I'm excited to see what ends up happening. Um, I think maybe next week we'll do. Uh, now that I think about it, maybe we'll do like a little prediction thing for that as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the week after that we'll have that and then so then we'll have razzies and then oscars the week after that um so yeah anyway uh thanks for listening everyone uh brian you got anything else you want to say to everybody before we leave nope uh enjoy the week i mean uh this week before oscars um have some fun you know if you have any um if you're like aaron you like to gamble and bet on these things uh go out and do that and um yeah have a have a good week this week yeah, absolutely. All right. See you, everybody. Turn. When it's all